Hello and welcome once again to Trish of the Day. Since I've been doing my little podcast, I've received some lovely letters and emails from listeners. So before I start today's show, I'd like to just read a few out to you. This first one is from Glenn. He says, Dear Trish, my name's Glenn and I'm 73. Uh, oh, it just ends there. Okay, thank you, Glenn. Um, okay, this is a message from Tony. Tony is a teacher and, uh, oh, it's such a long message, Tony. I'll, I'll try and skim it. Hang on. Uh, Dear Trish, blah, 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 very ill, self-esteem issues, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. I think this is a good bit. Uh, Tony says, during my teacher training 15 years ago, I did a placement in a very rough school in a big inner city. Oh, Tony, you should have said where it was. Maintain our interest. He continues. The kids at the school were a real handful and there were times when I thought, why am I putting myself through this? And I felt like giving up. I know, Tony, I felt the same when I was watching Cats. Then on the last day of teaching practice, as I was leaving the school gates for the final time, one of the kids who had behavioural issues and who some might have called a problem child saw me and ran the length of the playground shouting, Sir, sir, I don't want you to go. Please stay. I need you to stay. At least that's what I think he was saying. I had the car window up and I was driving quite fast. He was a very good runner though, and I wouldn't be surprised if he made the county athletics team. Oh, thank you, Tony. I love an inspirational story like that. Great, and if you were that little kid, please let us know how you got on in life. Did you keep running? And if so, was it in the right direction? Honestly, I startle myself sometimes. Now, I'm starting this week's show on location. I've actually come to my place of work to give you a glimpse into a typical day in the workplace. I work for a local industrial supplies company, Leg & Co. And I work in admin, but not to brag, but I'm pretty much the glue that holds a lot of the big departments together. I love my little job, and it did get me wondering about other people's jobs, so I went out on the streets to ask the great British public in my local area to find out. Have you ever been fired from a job? Yeah, I worked in a shoe shop, and apparently shoe shop customers don't like it when you use the word trotters. Yeah, I got fired when I was caught photocopying my bum at work. Where was that? Quickie Print, the photocopy shop. Tell us about the last job interview you went on. Well, the manager asked me where I saw myself in five years and I said, sitting where you are, which he seemed to like, but then uh, I think I ruined it by doing a a cutthroat gesture. Well, everyone always told me in a job interview, first impressions count. So I made sure I did my best ones, Bruce Forsyth and Yoda. The last interview I went to, I made sure I said I'm a good listener and I work well on my own initiative. And what did the interviewer say? He said... Come in, I said. So here we are back at Leg & Co. It's 8.30am and I start every day here in the cafeteria with my morning latte. And this is Sheila on the till. Hello, Sheila. Are you in the queue, love? Sheila, it's me, Trish. Are you in the queue? No, Sheila, I'm next to the queue. I'm not in the queue. You can't just be starting another queue. I'm not. I'm just chatting. It's from my podcast. What's that? It's it's a kind of... uh, Never mind. I'm just recording a typical day at work and telling the listeners how I always start the day with a latte and a joke with you, Sheila, don't I? I don't know. Yes, like if I'm not as early as usual, I'll say something like, better latte than never. 
which is a real character, Sheila. That's why I love working here. There's so many... Who do you love? Are you in the queue? No, I'm not in the queue. Trish, people are queuing behind you now. I told you, you can't just be starting another queue. So you're not in the queue then? No, I'm not in the queue. I'm next to... I'm not in the queue, everyone. This isn't a queue. She started another queue. I haven't. There's two queues, but only one chill. I'm on my own here. No, I, I have Look, I'll just go. But you haven't paid. I haven't bought anything. Why were you in the queue then? <sighs> Trish. So I'm here now in my office where it all happens. And here we have a rare pre 10 a.m. sighting of my office mate, Sue. Or as she's known at work, who is that? Hello, Sue. Hiya, Trish. So what are you up to there, Sue? How the usual, just catching up on a bit of admin. It is a real hive of activity here usually, and we often get last minute urgent orders to sort out. Let's have a look at Sue's screen, see what she's working on, give you an idea of the sort of thing we do. I shouldn't really be disturbed. Let's have a look, Sue. Which friend's character are you? Hmm, don't remember this being brought up at the last department meeting, Sue. And anyway, you're clearly Gunther. Uh, could I be more Phoebe? You've been off sick for a few days, haven't you, Sue? Yeah, I had really sore eyes. I had to get some drops. You know you can get drops for itchy eyes, tired eyes. Betty Davis eyes. And I had a little bit of nausea and the runs. A little bit of coughing all night long. A little bit of pain all down my side. All right, Mambo number five. I wish I'd never asked now. But I did turn up at your flat, didn't I, to check in on you? Check up on me more like. No, well, a little bit. But I wanted to bring you some of my homemade soup. Well, that was very kind of you. Well, I do like to go out of my way to help other people. Like, if anyone on my local Facebook page asks, for example, anyone know what time Aldi closes? I'll send them a link to Google. Or when my very good friend Michael split up with his wife and she threw him out of the house and he was desperate for somewhere to stay, I was the only one of my circle of friends who came forward and suggested Airbnb. They're very reasonable. So, what else have you been up to, Sue? Well, I started Sorry to, to interrupt, Sue, but that's a lovely skirt you've got on. Oh, thanks. But can you close your legs, please? I can see next week's washing. Thank you. Carry on. So, I've got involved in the art world. Oh, very cultural, Sue. How did that happen? Well, I was on my local neighbourhood Facebook page having an argument with someone about recycling bins and I saw someone advertising an art class on Wednesday from 6pm till 8pm. Lovely. Tell me more. I might be interested in coming along to that. I'm a nude model. Yeah, I won't be coming along to that. Don't knock it. So what, you just lie there naked, not moving for two hours? Sounds like my wedding night. It's very tastefully done, Trish. The class has basically been recreating classic paintings with me as the model. We recreated the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa isn't naked. She is now. And we've done Naked Girl with a Pearl Earring, Naked Self-Portrait of Vincent van Gogh, Naked Last Supper. That took a while, you know, because... I was all the disciples. Well, you know what, Sue? I admire you for doing it. I mean, not as much as the people who have to paint you, but even so, I couldn't do it. It's very liberating, Trish. Well, I admire your free spirit. I would need a lot of persuading, and probably a lot of wine, too. But I would definitely need a lot of persuading. Well, they did, too. What do you mean? I thought it was a painting class. Yes, but it started out as a class for painting ceramics. Took a few weeks to wear them down. What did they do when you were ill? Oh, I still went. We recreated the famous Botticelli painting, you know, the one with Venus? And she's standing in a big seashell and her hair drapes down and covers her front below area. 
But in our version, because I was ill, I was standing in a bowl of hot water and had a long woolly orange scarf down my front. Isn't that the scarf you borrowed from me? Oh, yeah, you can have it back now. That's OK. I'd have to burn it now anyway. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Have you eaten here before? No, and I wouldn't if I'd known how warm it is. Oh no, I'm too cold. Well, that blouse is very thin. You should have brought a cardigan. Why aren't you eating your starter? Don't you like it? Not really, no. Not a massive fan of aubergines. No, no, me. They're just everywhere, aren't they? Not as bad as kale. Don't get me started on kale. Tired of all the usual dating websites? Tried all the apps? Do you find it hard to meet the right person? because you're a misery guts. Then say hello to Misery Cupid. I do Misery Cupid because I'm looking for someone who enjoys foreign travel but doesn't want to leave the complex. Are you? I never leave a tip in a restaurant. That's why I use Misery Cupid. If someone online mentions a celebrity I'm not aware of, I like to publicly comment that I've never heard of them rather than just Google who they are. That's why I'm on Misery Cupid. I'm on Misery Cupid because I'm looking for someone who will leave the toilet seat up, so I can tell them. I'm looking for someone who enjoys closing the window on a hot bus. That's why I'm on Misery Cupid. Now you can meet like-minded individuals and be happy that you're never happy. Together. Misery Cupid. For people who enjoy a fine wine. With an H in it. So I'd love to see you again. Me too. Not here though. Oh God, no. Never again. So, next on my list of faces from the workplace is my line manager, the lovely Martin. Hello, Martin. Hello, Trush. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Now, Martin kindly offered to step in at the last minute. Originally, the guest was going to be Judith from Finance, who was going to talk about healthy eating, but she got food poisoning. So, thank you for saving the day, Martin. Uh, Now, some might say you're a bit of a celebrity. Celebrity? Only the cover star of our in-company magazine, March and September 2020. You're like a top model, Martin. Well, I... I... So, Martin, what I thought might be fun would be if I just asked you a few fun questions so the lovely listeners, maybe I, can get to know you a little bit better. Nothing too probing, I hope. (laughs) First question. If you were given a free holiday anywhere in the world, where would you take me? Just kidding, just kidding. No, where, where would you go? I think I'd have to say Las Vegas. Anything goes there, doesn't it? And you know what they say? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Funny, people who say that never stay in Vegas, though, do they? Next question. What three things would you change about yourself? Well, one of my problems, Trish, is I think I fall in love too easily. Really? Yeah. Just ask my three (laughs) ex-wives. No. I, I think sometimes I'm too astute and too insightful. I can pick up on things that other people around me can't. So, there you go. Three things. Well, that was only two, but never mind. Next question, and this one's quite close to my heart. What movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? You're a fan, are you, Trish? Oh, I can't stand musicals. Oh, they're so far-fetched. Just answer the question, Martin. Um, Schindler's List. Schindler's List? Yeah, terrible film. Maybe becoming a musical might improve it. When it came out, everyone was saying, oh, it's so sad, it's so sad. To be honest, I cried more at Rocky Three. OK, Martin, calm down. Last question. If your five-year-old self suddenly found himself inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? Nothing, Trish. And I'll tell you for why. 
I clinched my first business deal when I was five. I used to sell comics outside my house in the front garden. Sold out on the first day I did when a man in a van wanted to buy the lot. So I think five-year-old me would be just fine in the body of me now, aged my age. Well, Martin, I think it's safe to say, even if the listeners haven't got to know you better, I certainly have. Any final thoughts? Yes, Trish, I'm going to leave you with a little inspirational story about a kid aged 16 who was let go from his job in a supermarket stacking vegetables because of cutbacks. You know what that kid did? Every day he'd go around the back of the supermarket where they chucked away the old food. He'd collect it in a box and sell it by the side of the road. He kept doing this until he could afford a cart. And then he'd buy the food from the wholesale market. And then one day he made enough money to hire a small premises. Then the business needed bigger premises. He took on staff and then eventually opened his first ever shop. Do you know who that man was, Trish? No. It was Alan Tesco. Martin, have you ever thought you wanted to get to know someone better, and then you get to know them better, and you think, what was I thinking? I don't know what you mean, Trish. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. Thank you, Martin. And we're back in the studio once again. Well, my house, actually. And I'm joined now by my cousin, Joyce. Hello, Joyce. Hello, Trish. Thanks for having us. Now, Joyce said us there. She hasn't got multiple personalities. Um, She's barely got one. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. No, she's brought someone along with her today. Her little dog, Penny. Tell us about Penny, Joyce. Penny is two years old. She's half Shih Tzu and half Boxer. So she's a little Shih There's no name for that breed yet. No name. So tell everyone exactly why you're here today, Joyce. Well, just like myself... Penny is psychic. That's right. Just like Joyce, Penny is a psychic dog. It's funny, isn't it? Our family's always had a history of weird dogs. Firstly, Penny can hear you, Trish. And secondly, she's not weird. She's just psychic. But we have, haven't we, though? Remember when I was a teenager, we had that dog who couldn't see through glass. She'd be looking in through the French windows and we'd wave at her and show her food and call her, but absolutely no response. And her face would have an expression like my mum when I show her a YouTube clip on my phone. Dead behind the eyes. Anyway, so you communicate with Penny, don't you, apparently? That's right. We've always had this bond and, yeah, I can read her thoughts and she can read mine. So when you communicate with each other, is it in English or her language? Like, do you bark? It doesn't really work like that, Trish. But when I read her thoughts, then, yeah, I understand and interpret them as English, I suppose. Well, that's lucky, really, because you were terrible at languages at school, weren't you? So what's Penny thinking right now, Joyce? Does she like being in my house? She's saying that this is a place where she feels safe, although she can't understand why whenever she comes, she's never offered anything to eat. Well, tell her I haven't got a dog, so I don't buy dog food. Penny's saying that the last time we came, Auntie Trish and Mummy were eating a steak sandwich, which she would have been more than happy to eat. Well, tell Penny that Auntie Trish only had two steaks, and they were reserved for the humans. Also tell her that Mummy could bring food with her when she visits. (laughs) What's funny, Joyce? Oh, nothing, just a little joke Penny made. Wow, psychic and a comedian. She's a gifted little bitch, isn't she? So, do you have any questions for Penny, Trish? Um, okay. Uh, Penny, is it true that Mummy's been dating a married man who works at the garden centre? Penny's saying, mind your own bloody business, Trish. Oh, bit rude, Penny. Don't know where she gets it from. Penny's got a question for you, though. Oh, does she? Yeah, Penny says, two weeks ago, when Mummy invited Auntie Trish to her birthday meal with limited guest numbers, and Auntie Trish just didn't bother turning up because apparently she was sick, 
Where was she really? Because Trish's mummy let the cat out of the bag that she wasn't really ill at all. I think Penny needs to watch her mouth and stop stirring it. Otherwise, me and her are going to fall out, big time. And next time she comes to my house, she might not be allowed in at all. Oh, Penny's sensing a loss, Trish. Something about being colder? Go on, Penny, tell Mummy. Yeah, let it out, Penny. Oh, why... This is Penny talking now, through me again. Why did Auntie Trish give away the lovely jumper that Mummy knitted for her last Christmas? Only Mummy saw it in a charity shop the day after Boxing Day. You're a liar, Penny. I know you're psychic, but how do you know it was the same jumper? Mummy recognised it because she'd customised it with a big letter T sewn on the back in red sequins. Well, Penny, there was a big letter T on the back of the jumper. Maybe Auntie Trish didn't want to feel like she was a member of a gang in the movie Grease. Oh, what's that, Penny? Hmm. Trish, Penny says that maybe I shouldn't buy you any more gifts because they either get taken to the charity shop or they end up in room 101. Room 101? What does, what does Penny mean? Room 101? What? Penny, what do you mean? Penny, Penny. Penny says you've got a closet upstairs that you call Room 101, where you keep all the gifts that you don't really like that people have given you, and you only bring them out when those people come to visit. Well, that is quite spooky, actually. How could Penny know that? I've never told anyone that. I told you, Trish. Penny's got a gift, and not one that you can put in Room 101. But I've never told anyone about Room 101. Oh, hang on. Except Clive. Clive? Yeah, Clive, a chap I went on a few dates with. After one of our nights out, he walked me home and then he asked if he could come in to use the toilet, which I thought was code, but no, he actually wanted to use the toilet. For a sit-down, too, I wasn't best pleased. Anyway, when he'd finished, he accidentally walked into my Room 101 closet and he tripped over this horrible little tartan footstool. Which I bought, yeah. So I ran upstairs and had to explain what it was. I mean, I wouldn't normally have told him, but A... I wanted to explain why someone with such a tidy house had Steptoe's Yard upstairs. And B, I'd had two and a half pints of wine. So, I've got another question for Penny. Penny, has Mummy been seeing a man called Clive? Penny says, yes, she might have been. But, OK, I'm Joyce again now. Um, it's a free country, Trish. I know it didn't work out with you and Clive, but, look, it's early days. But I think we might have something really special. <laughs> oh, I know. Joyce. Good luck. Um, has he told you how much he hates dogs yet? What do you mean? He's met Penny loads of times and she senses that he's a real animal lover. He does not hate dogs. In fact, he insisted that I bring Penny along on our next date. We're going for a lovely, long, romantic walk on some cliffs and... Oh. Hmm. Never saw that coming, did you, Penny? Well, there we are, the end of another episode and the end of Series 1. I'll be back soon with Series 2, or Season 2, if you're listening to this in the USA. You know, talking to Penny and Joyce there reminded me of the time I went with my mum to see a psychic medium doing his show in a theatre. I wouldn't have gone, but uh, the friend my mum was originally going to go with actually died the week before, so I think she was hoping to catch up with her. I think she still owed her money. And the psychic was giving messages to loads of people from friends and relatives from the other side. But I just find it too much of a coincidence that all those people were watching the same show as their dead loved ones. Anyway, I'm off to get ready for another date tonight. So to all my fellow single people, I'll leave you with this. Remember, there are plenty of fish in the sea. You've just got to try and avoid the floating turds. Bye! <laughs>
Trish of the Day was written, performed and produced by Craig Dealey. It is a Literally the Joke production. Mm-hmm.